Echoes of Wartime, Episode 6, Peace is Declared. In portraying life during World War I on the home front of both Crediton in Devon and Fulda in Germany, using the stories of real people and based on our detailed research, we have imagined how they might have reacted to the extraordinary times they were living in. We have assembled dramatic material using their letters, journals, archived accounts and interviews with historians in both towns. Using these we have created the characters' conversations, thoughts and interactions. Join us as we guide you through this mix of fact and imagination. In this episode we explore how our characters might have reacted to the welcome news that the war was over. Is that the post, Leo? Oh yes, it just arrived. And I've had a letter from Samuel French to say a local amateur dramatic group in Surrey have ordered ten copies of my play, The Crystal Gazer. That's good news. I expect they need cheering up like the rest of us. Darling, are these boxes going to live in the drawing room? No, 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 no. I'll, I'll move them. There, there's some ancient Greek amulets and ceramics. I got hold of them from a collector in Durham. You could start a museum with all your ancient artefacts, Leo. Oh, it's odd you should say that. I was thinking perhaps when I die I could leave my collection to the Royal Albert Memorial Museum. What do you think? In Exeter? I think that's a splendid idea, darling. In fact, I've already spoken to the curator there. Is that the church bells? What? They're ringing the church bells. Oh, Leo, can that mean... By Jove, you're right! I can hardly believe it! <laughs> it's ended! <laughs> I haven't heard them since the whole thing began. What wonderful news! Listen to them, the people! Come on! The whole of Crediton is out! It's over, thank God! Oh, glorious day! marvellous! That means we've got lots of work to do. Work? Yes, the women's movement. We've got to see that women have a voice now more than ever. But you got the vote back in February. It's not just about the vote, Leo. We need women in Parliament to make sure this travesty of a war never happens again. I must ring Edith. Not a moment to lose. Ah, yes. Fräulein Krippentrog, hello. Paula, how nice to see you. How are you? How is your job? Oh, I have no job now. I was given notice. Ach, Paula, you were so good. Herr Schneider said he'd never had such a good administrator in his factory. He told me himself. It seems he doesn't feel I'm good enough to keep. Now the men are back from the front. Oh, nein, Paula. Herr Lederer, the gentleman who used to do the administration work, has returned and needs his job back. And so they are dispensing with your services. It would seem so. Are you still teaching your class, Fräulein? Never mind me. Yes, indeed I am. But you are far too good to be idle. I've applied for other posts, but it's always the same. They're keeping them for the men. I was even told by one man that I should concentrate on finding a husband to look after. Outrageous. Paula, you've got an excellent intellect. Please, please, don't waste it. You could be anything you choose. But I haven't been to university. You shall. I shall help you with your application. Come and see me tomorrow, if you're free. 10 a.m.? Are you sure, Fräulein? Very sure. 10 o'clock will be fine. Thank you, Fräulein Grippentrock. It is I who should thank you, Paula. You've helped me with a dilemma I've had for some time now. 
I have? Yes. I love teaching my girls, as you know. But the way women are now expected to go back to the kitchen, it's so unfair. They need someone to speak out for them. I had been considering going into politics to give women a voice. When I hear that someone with your brain is told to find a husband to look after, well, that's made up my mind for me at last. Thank you, Paula. I'll see you tomorrow. Robert, my son, you've been back three weeks now, and I don't think you've been out of the house. Uh, yes, Father. I'm so very tired. Oh, I'm sorry. I understand. But life must go on. You haven't changed your mind about going back into the army? No, Father. I've finished with the army. Then what? Yes, what? They're desperate for doctors. You could train. No, Father. I very much enjoy teaching. I can't be a teacher. I I'm in a wheelchair. The railways, then. There's a good future in working for the railway system. Some executive role? Jupp was himself thinking perhaps... Father, I'm not Jupp. I never will be. You and Mother idolized him, and now you want me to replace him. Robert, that's not true. It should have been me who was killed. You'd still have your clever Jupp to parade proudly among your friends. Jupp, the perfect student. Jupp, the perfect sportsman. Jupp, the perfect son. I'm not Jupp. I'm going out. Robert, no! Oh, Robert, my dear son, what has happened to you? Robert! Hello, Paula. It's been a long time. Yes. Do you mind me calling? Uh, no, it's fine. Mm, my mother isn't well, so perhaps we could walk? Down in the meadow, like old times? Mm, the meadow, yes. That would be nice. I fetched my coat. I hardly recognize you. You are... Thinner, my father has told me. Several times. Thinner, yes. But changed. He thinks that too. Hmm. Not surprising. It has been four years. Yes. And you, Paula? Me? A grown woman now. No longer at school. How do you spend your time? Well, at the moment, nothing. Here at home with my parents. Playing the piano? Embroidery? I was working in Herr Schneider's factory. <laughs> of course. The town was run by women and old men. And the better for it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sure. So, what now? Fräulein Krippentalk is going to help me apply to university. University? You? And why not? <laughs> oh, of course, yes. Why not? W what will you study? I'd like to become a teacher. Do you have to go to university to become a teacher? You could teach small children. I want to go to university. I see. And you, what will you do? Men are lucky. The jobs are there for them. Are they? So what will you do? I don't know. You used to want to be a writer. Mm, yes. You had ambitions. I used to long to have your enthusiasm for life, your opportunities. Oh, I was naive. I loved your passion for living. Loved? It was a long time ago, Robert. We are two different people now. <laughs> yes. Well, I expect you need to get back to your sick mother. I should, yes. 
Yes. Well, I wish you the very best of luck with your university, your career, your life. Oh, don't say it like this, Robert. You're the one with the ambitions now. University, teaching, too good for me now. That's unfair. I don't feel that at all. We men who fought so hard for Germany no longer seem to have a place here. The women can run the factories, the farms. We're not needed, eh? We had to keep the factories going and the farms. And maybe now we feel we have more to offer than cooking and cleaning. Is this what we fought for? So women can leave us and go off to university? No. When I was away to shut out the horrors, I used to dream of you and me, married with children, kissing my sons goodnight before you took them up to bed. Then the two of us would sit down together to a meal you had prepared especially for us. Oh, Robert. Yes, I know we had parted. That's why it's taken me three weeks to come round to see you. But it was what kept me going, Paula. Kept me sane. But... We're different people. Yes, you said. And we are. Goodbye, Paula. Robert, don't leave it like this. I wish you every happiness, Paula. I mean it. You're a lovely girl. Take care of yourself, Robert. I'll never forget you. We had some good times together. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Young love, eh? First love. Goodbye, my first love. Goodbye, Robert. that's at this hour. Charles! Hello, Mother. Look at you. How are you? Why do you lock the door these days? We have to be careful. Men with no jobs sent half crazy by the fighting. They're desperate. Well, I'm back to protect you now. Your sisters will be thrilled to see you. All grown up. My boy. Yes, you can't boss me around no more. Can't I, indeed. I'm bigger than you. <laughs> I'm still your mother, still boss in this house. And don't you forget it. <laughs> How was it, son? Sit down, sit down. Not so bad for me. I wasn't at the front, but I had to take supplies to the front. The horses, the dogs... I've seen sights I'd never want to see again. Animals torn to pieces, beautiful horses galloping one minute, then the next they're in agony on the ground, their legs shot off. Oh, Charlie, don't think about it. I haven't stopped thinking about it. And it's made up my mind. I'm staying in the army. I'm applying to work with the horses in some way. I can't stop them being used in wars. But at least I can give some of them comfort and protection. Oh, well, I suppose I can't stop you. But, oh, Charlie! Ow, what was that for? Don't you ever sign up for war again without telling me. I will if you keep clouting me round the ear. I'm safer at the front. In episode six, parts were played as follows. Amy Montague, Rosemary Stevenson, Colonel Leopold Montague, 
Charlie Werner, Paula, Claudia Johnson, Margaret Drippentrog, Astrid Hermes, Joseph von der Rau Sr., Martin Donovert, Robert von der Rau, Bernd Egan, Charles Ware, Sebastian Richards, Minnie Ware, Jenny Start, and the narrator was Eddie Holden. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Echoes of Wartime was a common player's production, written and edited by Mary Stevenson and produced by Rod Brooks Hocking. It was funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund. For more information, go to www.echoesofwartime.com. Sound effects were from the bbc.co.uk, copyright 2018. The music was excerpts from Better is Peace from the Armed Man by Carl Jenkins.